If you're the kind of dad who hasn't worn pants with a zipper in over four weeks, then this is the podcast for you. We are the podcast that celebrates suburban dad life. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. My name is Adam D, and I am joined by my partner. I mean, that's a guy who has not worn pants with a zipper in over four weeks because he, he, he doesn't wear pants. And no. I know now that it's April, he's probably wearing shorts. Absolutely, Adam D. You know me all too well. It's April 1, it's all shorts. Every day, all, the entire day. I'm it's impressed. good to see you. Great show this week. I mean, I always say it's a great show this week. We've got a we different have a good kind one. of show. We've got a good one this week. I'm very excited. Hey, and I have to acknowledge, thank you so much for stopping by yesterday for our drive-by uh, friendship. <laughs> well, if you ask me, what did you do this week that was exciting? <laughs> yes, that was the highlight of our week. I would say we, we did sort of a local tour just yes. to get out of the house. So we, we, we packed up the Chevy Traverse yes. and we just drove around Essex County, New Jersey, saying hi to our friends from afar. Yes. And that's about as good as it can get. You know, yeah. we, we did six foot plus of, of physical distancing, but we just had to see all of our friends in the flesh. And I think we might do the, uh, the, the family circuit today. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it's always a special treat. And we do miss the Chandlers, everybody in our family. So it was nice to see you all. Yeah, minus minus Aiden, because he was home playing a very busy well, uh, he, tournament. He had an Xbox tournament, and yeah. we can't distract him from yeah. the important things in life. This is, yes. this is his centerpiece. This Absolutely. is his, his true north during the, yes. the quarantine days, which, which is rough. You know who also has a true north when it comes to marketing and graphic design, Coach Randy? Hmm, let me think. Is it Becky Berman? That is right. Uh, BermanCS.com. That is BermanCS.com. That's Berman Branding has a true north. You know why she has a true north? Because she's an exceptional graphic artist. Adam, tell us, what does she do? She does web design, which is extremely important nowadays, especially if you're in the gig economy. Uh, you can't get to the office. You need to have a branding presence. People can find you online. They can find you on social media. And she's also really, really talented. Her and her team, really, really talented with the graphic design. Becky and team, they created they Bone Daddy for us. We Without just gave her, her a few keywords, and then no. all of a sudden, we got this Bone Daddy thing happening. Without her, we cease to exist. <laughs> well, Becky, thanks for being a great partner and a sponsor. Uh, again, you want to learn all about Berman Branding, visit BermanCS.com. We should also thank our media partners, TapIntoo.net. That's TapIntoo.net. Local news, when you need it, you get it at the click of a button. If you live in New Jersey, chances are there's a Tap Into local news network for you. Just click the drop-down window and you'll get information that is pertinent to where you live. They have been super busy and they've been doing a phenomenal job with their staff writers and their contributors like us. Although you know, we haven't really submitted something because it's been COVID-19 pretty much around the clock and we want that information to really bubble to the, to the top of the search queue when you go into tapinto.net. But we'll be back there and we wanna thank Jessica and Danielle for providing us with a platform to showcase everything that's going on on Bad to the Dad. Speaking about bubbling up, um, uh, how, how's your bubbling up? I mean, do you find that uh, uh, five o'clock sometime is pretty much a good uh, five o'clock somewhere is, a, is part oh, of your routine? Oh, to, to crack one open and, yeah. and throw one back? You know, because I work in, in healthcare, yeah. I found that five o'clock is almost like just second lunchtime. And <laughs> I really can't crack open anything until probably around seven. 
But, uh, I, you know, I will tell you, Coach, um, you know, last couple of weeks, they've been long days. Yeah. They have been long hours. Uh, I'm on the phone and I'm on Zoom a lot. Yeah, you but are. But I can tell you, I've, I've, I've never been so proud to work in healthcare. As you know, I work in the nursing industry, but I'm an yep. HR guy. I do talent acquisition and learning and development. We haven't been doing a lot of talent acquisition lately just because of where our finances are. But on the learning side, clinical learning is also part of my purview. And I have this tremendous clinical learning team. And they are the ones who have been training home health nurses, home health and hospice nurses to become specialized COVID-19 nurses who will be going into the homes and doing special treatment and testing for the coronavirus. Hmm. Uh, these are people who are just raising their hands and saying, I'll do it. This is, this is why I became a nurse. Mm-hmm. This is why I became a nurse, to, to tackle the most insidious diseases, the most insidious viruses on earth. This is why I became a nurse, and, and I want this to be part of my legacy. And, and, and it's all very sincere. They're not doing it for the money. I mean, you know, nurses are not millionaires. They're doing it because they're, they're just so passionate and so into the craft of nursing. Yeah. And this is, this is where we need it most. And uh, the stories you're hearing uh, online from these nurses who are on the front line, uh, it takes a unique, uh, special soul. Uh, to be a nurse and to put yourself. Uh, and there was a great picture of all the different bells and whistles and all the different machines. And like, we don't have a medical medical degree, but I guarantee the doctor couldn't set up what we set up. Um, and they're the forgotten heroes. Not anymore. Not mm-hmm. anymore. They are the, the true ones that are with patients and many of them uh, in the worst of times. And as you know, we uh, uh, lost a very, very important member of our community this mm-hmm. week, uh, Joe Suriano. Uh, excuse me. We lost a very important member of our community, Joe Soriano, um, who is a 50-year educator in our town, um, father of one of our softball parents, grandparent uh, to two of our players. And uh, um, the nurse is the one who's there uh, with him at the very end in many situations. And uh, what they do and the compassion they provide to a, to a loved one who passes or is sick and you can't go on can't imagine what it's like for these families, but that's just, I think what you do and the people you work with are very important. So thanks for what you do, Adam D. Hey, I, I only, only the guy that is uh, doing the delegating. I'm not a clinician myself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm giving motivation. I'm giving organization. I'm giving communication, but these are the ones that are gowning up, putting on all the gear and going into people's homes. And we just have to make sure that there is enough gear available on an ongoing basis while this virus just continues to to spiral so that these nurses are also protected and and they're not exposed and yeah. they don't become patients and what a week it's been what a week it's been yeah and that we want, we want that to be the down part of our show we uh, uh we're bad to the dead and uh we want to uh, focus on some things um i had a very interesting situation with my my daughter last night if you don't mind if i share would that be okay Please. uh so as you know netflix is is big and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny it. Uh, we once had very dear friends that allowed us to uh, use their network, the Netflix passcode, uh, who we're very deeply grateful for. Uh, but we eventually went on and uh, we decided to up the you know the, the money. But I I got it for two TVs at one time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because truthfully, do we need more than two people watching Netflix at one time? Well, my daughter, being a very very clever creator. What happens is 
we're now all home. So she was thinking altruistically, you know, mm-hmm. being generous. And so when she wanted to get on, up came this message. Uh, I'm sorry, there's no more spaces. Would you like to upgrade? So what does she do? She, she doesn't push- upgrade? No, of course she does. She pushes the upgrade <laughs> button. <laughs> so now we have the premium package. Ah, okay. That allows up to four. Can, can I get on that now too? Or? <laughs> so I would like to reciprocate the favor that if you're interested. <laughs> but yes. And so I come upstairs and she goes, Dad, I think I might have upgraded our Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> It was too good to resist. Well, like, I, I remember when, um, you know, before, way before there was any of this pandemic, yeah. I think we had Netflix before you yes. and your wife, uh, Jessa, yeah. really wanted to watch The West Wing. I don't know if yes. she just wanted to rewatch it or she had missed a few episodes when it was uh, on NBC yeah. or running as a, a primetime show. But I remember you, you sort of piggybacked. I don't want to yes. say hijack because we gave you access. You yes. piggybacked <laughs> yes. on our Netflix account. All right. It's and out there. It's out there. It's out there. Hey, it's the extended family package is what we like to call it. So, so you got yes. the upgrade. That's great. So now yes. it's uh, so pretty now much got, ne- Netflix on every device, right? And of course. And she's like, well, dad, we're home now. The quarantine, you can always, you can downgrade when, the, when it's over. I thought it was, I, I, I was very proud. I, I consider that being very resourceful. Um, here's a, you know, four deal. Well, it really amazes me. We're supposed to have parental <laughs> protections on. Uh, no, that's gone so too. That's so good. Yeah. I love how you say she was altruistic. She was yes. altruistic with your money. With my money, yes. Yeah. Uh, she Upgrading so for, her, for her own pleasure. So It's like, Dad, I, right. I think I might have upgraded. And I'm like, let me go check. Email, congratulations. Thank you for upgrading the premium. So, <laughs> Other than that, a pretty good week, Coach? Uh, for the most part, you know, it's, it's Passover. You know, we had the Seder. Yep. We, had the, we had the Zoom Seder. Uh, what was yours like? We had a lot of fun. So I let it. And we had yeah. what I'll call not nine people, but nine boxes, yes. nine Zoom boxes. Yes. And, you know, we have a show flow. We have a lot of, you know, different shtick, different songs, different uh, comedy routines that we like to do. We like to make sure everybody has a part. You know, again, yeah. you're telling the story of the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. So there's a lot of storytelling and a lot of drama in yeah. that narrative. So we try to go around the Zoom, but sometimes the... Uh, the audio doesn't work. It's yes. a lagging behind. When you yeah. start singing certain songs and blessings, yes. Yes. Um, I would start and then somebody would finish five to 10 seconds after yes. we completed the blessing. <laughs> we have that. Sometimes we had people just showing up. I had no idea who these people were. Elijah? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wish, but all of a sudden there's a box that, that just shows up in the middle and there's a girl sipping wine. I'm like, who is this girl? And it ended up being the girlfriend of a family friend that we had invited and they just... <laughs> It wasn't a Zoom bomb. It was just an, a plus <laughs> yes, one. A plus one. But the girlfriend wasn't in the same room as the boyfriend up for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. So now boxes are just popping up. So unusual, uh, yeah. lovable, imperfect. And I think that's yeah. what the holiday has to be. And of course, this show is airing on Easter night. Yeah. Yes. So uh, for those of you who are, are listening, we hope you had a very peaceful and pleasant Easter. I know that there are replacements for Easter egg hunts and, and those kinds of social gatherings, but we hope you made the best of it. Yeah, no, listen, we've, for a number of years now, we've, we've shared at least one night with the Chandlers. Um, and uh, I got, I, I kind of went into this holiday. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was angry. I got to tell you, I was really kind of angry and I uh, normally do the big thing. You know, you and I have our little, uh, little bit we do together. You know, we have very much like you. It's entertaining. We have the game. We were supposed to be in Florida visiting my dad. Um, and we weren't there. And at one point we thought about driving 
Mm-hmm. And then we realized that if we were had jersey plates, we'd be turned away. Uh, so I was a little bit angry. We did the Zoom. They kind of did the fast version. Uh, Michaela filled in for you. Um, on the who's on first on, routine, on the, on who's the, the simple son, who's, who's, who's the, the son. Lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, so did fill in. It's I gotta tell you, I give her mad props. She did a good job. Trichy um, did great. She's you know, she, uh, she's a thespian. So. We're real proud of her. But uh, there's something to be said about how important it is connecting with other people. And I uh, missed you. I missed being with my dad. And uh, it's really get. I'm to the point in the quarantine where it's uh, okay. I, I I got the message. I'm, it's I'm getting done. a little old, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we got to get got to get these kids back from spring break and and back to learning again. Now they yeah. had a, a short four day break. Although I think uh, with with one of your daughters, you have the extended break. Because, oh yes, this entire uh, week is Passover. Passover. Yes. yes, yeah. Well, ha- have fun with that. But but let's get the laughs going. We've mm-hmm. got a a great guest who who is very very funny. It's Drew Weisholz. He is a writer reporter for the Today Show Today dot com. He is also a stand up comedian, and he has started this five-minute stand-up routine on Facebook. He's done about 20 episodes already. It's called Quarantine Tonight. His name is Drew Weissholtz. He's coming up on Bad to the Dead. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Remember, you can follow us on social media. Our favorite is Instagram, and that handle is at Bad to the Dad. All of our social media platforms pretty much follow that convention at Bad to the Dad, one way or the other. Remember, we are also brought to you by Berman Branding. You want good marketing, website design, graphic design, contact Becky Berman. After all, she is the phenom that designed Bone Daddy, which can be seen on our social media platforms, as well as the keychain, which opens doors and opens bottles. And if you let it, it opens hearts and minds. That's Berman Branding, Becky Berman. Visit her at BermanCS.com. That's BermanCSConsultingServices.com. Coach Randy, as you know, Fallon, Colbert, Corden, They've all set up shops in their homes. Yes, they are. Doing have. their late night talk show hosts from their living rooms, from their basements, from their offices. Did you uh, next yeah. Did you watch Saturday Night Live last night? They all do that from home too. No, I didn't. I had to catch up on uh, Fauda because the next season is coming up and uh, I, I didn't want to be lost. Much more. Plus, important. you know, with me I gotta read subtitles and everything. It take I gotta, you know, watch it two, three times in order to make sure I absorb the whole plot it was, line. It was actually uh, somewhat entertaining. Anyhow, I, yeah, I interrupted, no, I my apologies on your... Uh, no, you, you, you tend to do that, guests. but then still, still I do this show with you. So yeah. uh, we, we love you anyway. But, you know, for our, our, our next guest, um, his home is his talk show. And we are so happy to have today's show writer and reporter and the host of the uh, new Facebook sensation, probably the funniest five minutes on Facebook, Quarantine Tonight. His name is Drew Weisholtz. Drew, great to finally have you on. How are you? Thank you so much, guys. It's a real pleasure to be stuck in my house while talking with you. It's an honor. (laughs) The feeling is mutual. The feeling is mutual. So, Drew, obviously, uh, COVID-19 has uh, been devastating for many, you know, over 80,000 deaths worldwide. And uh, for countless others, they're, they're stuck inside and either dealing with family members who have it or, or you know, people, they, they have it themselves. But I got to ask you, what have you found funny about this COVID-19 pandemic? Well, certainly the issue itself is not funny. Uh, it's terrifying and so un- filled with uncertainty. But what I find funny is the relatable uh, moments that we're dealing with. 
um, you know, trying to find toilet paper. Um, homeschooling children has been just an absolute disaster on so many levels, I think, for so many parents. And I think there's a relatability factor that's involved uh, with these things. And that's kind of what uh, struck me very early on into this quarantine, that it's a whole new world, but it's also things that you find the little nuggets that you can kind of just chuckle at knowing that we're in this together. It's uh, the year 2020. And I got to tell you, the, the year 2020, we, ha we have it pretty good. We're pretty well connected. We've got uh, trucks delivering crap to our doors with the, the click of a button. If this happened in 1980, would we be doing as well, you think? It is so funny you said that. My wife and I were having this exact conversation about a day or two ago because we were talking about um, you can't work remotely, which a lot of people can do now. You can't just order milk, which, you know, even in these times, it takes a week to get. You, we would be so screwed. <laughs> this would be a disaster of even more epic proportions. So I, I think it's really funny that you said that. Um, you, you can stream movies now to to help pass the time or binge TV shows. How are you gonna binge TV shows in 1980? You know, most people didn't have a VCR at that point mm -hmm. in time. It would be, oh, what a mess it would be. What an absolute bigger mess it would be than it is right now. I think that we would have milk. We would have milk because they deliver milk. Well, the we milkman, I believe the milkman is making a bit of a comeback. I've actually yes, seen a yes. about that. We, we were that kind of family that had that little box outside the front door that the milkman would come and put the bottles in and. They were like, so I think we'd have plenty of milk. We would have milk. <laughs> and that's reassuring 40 years ago, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I think there's, an idea, there's a certain uh, comfort in knowing that you can turn on Netflix or Hulu or whatever and watch whatever show for like six you know, hours. I, I also have to beg to differ with you, Drew, and I respect your, your, your expertise. We had Pong. I would be a Pong expert. <laughs> okay. That's all right. So okay. I would spend hours upon hours of playing Pong. So you milk, have to remember, 1980, even by then, Pac-Man was not really a thing, or if it was, it had not spiked in popularity. So, so, so milk and pong yeah. is what milk I'll be doing. Pong. Milk and pong. So I might have to re-evaluate re, uh, <laughs> my opinion here. We, we would have been great. We would have been good as gold. Clearly, it would have been okay. <laughs> I think, in other words, we have the pandemic that we deserve, is, is what we're saying. We have the pandemic that we can handle because of, of everything that's at our fingertips. So, so Drew, from a reporter's point of view, you know, what, what are you covering and, and how are you distilling all the information so your, your public can get it? Uh, th there's, there's so many angles, obviously, from not just from a health perspective or financial, but there's also issues of, of, of personal or uh, pop culture side. And I'm mostly a pop culture writer, and I write for today.com, where you can find my material. So I've, I've written stories about uh, such topics as, will we, be able to, will we be able to shake hands ever again? Is that going to be something that disappears? Because it's such a common gesture. Are people going to be afraid to do that going forward? Dr. Fauci um, has actually mentioned that, that uh, we're going to be the, the bowing crowd. Yeah, I actually the... wrote, I wrote that story about a week before he made yeah. that comment. Uh, yeah. so I, I feel like I was a little ahead of the, uh, well, the curve, I guess, so to speak. You know, no pun intended there with the flattening of it. Yes. Um, we want to keep, we want your curve to keep going up. We want your yeah, curve to keep exactly. going up. Exactly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I've also written stories. Um, you know, there's this idea of we need comfort right now. And, you know, it's funny, guys, we were just talking about a, uh, television I've, I've been watching a lot of the wonder years and i saw it, that posting that you had there you why, why the wonder years why is that uh, a, a sacred place for us right now I, I think and i wrote the story about this about there's some similarities between what happens in the wonder years 
and what's going on right now. It's clearly not the same, you know, all the way through. But if you look at, it's a time of such uncertainty, such divisiveness in the country, and then it was Vietnam and trying to find your way. And now we're clearly in divisive political times. I mean, obviously that, that's the case. And you talk about uncertainty. We don't know when this quarantine is going to end. We don't know if we're safe or not. And there's something about the Wonder Years that with that added uh, tinge of nostalgia, I think that makes it very comforting to watch. Um, and I've, I've watched probably about 15 episodes in the last like week or so. Uh, and I've just found it to be very just soothing in, in an odd way. Well, I think it's probably you identify with uh, uh, the boy, the main character and his love affair uh, and how he translate his feelings towards, what was her name? Uh, Winnie. 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 Winnie, yeah. So I think that's probably, you know, you go back to your middle school years and, I feel that uh, sensation of that relationship of being I, a middle school kid. I thought you were going to say that we need to watch the Wonder Years so Daniela McKellar can help us with our math homework. <laughs> Isn't she like a math genius, right? Isn't that like her thing? She is. And you know what? Maybe I can get her to help my kids with their math homework right now because I can't do this homeschooling nonsense. So you might, you might be onto something there is really what I'm saying. Yeah. See, a lot of different levels. We're peeling back the Wonder Years onion on, on so many different levels, which, yeah. which is great. I thought, you know, and I always hear that Daniel Stern voice in my head. Paul Pfeiffer was an annoying bastard, but we loved him anyway. Yeah, that, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> Daniel yeah. Stern. That's good yeah. stick. Make me so, laugh. Thank you. So this is this is keeping you busy as a as a Today Show writer. Um, you know what are uh, what are some of the article the other articles that you've written that you're you know you're you're really proud of that um, you know we, maybe we should go back in the vault and check out. Um, and you're talking not just uh, from the perspective and, and, and anything to sort of pass the time or keep us informed, keep us entertained uh, that that you've written. Um, Probably, yeah. probably my favorite thing that I've written was uh, about a year ago, or a little over a year ago, when, uh, when uh, Luke Perry died from 90210. Um, I wrote just uh, how his death was a really uh, transformative moment for Gen X, because he, he was so identified as a 90s pers pers uh, personality. Um, and he was only 52 when he died. He was not that old. But it was really, he died of, of a stroke, which sounds so adult-like. In, in the perspective of, I remember watching that show as a teenager. And when you're a teenager, you know, you think you're invincible and nothing can stop you. And it was such a, a moment of just awful clarity. And I, I just felt from the Gen X point of view, it was the first time that we realized we're not that young anymore. Like we're actually, we've, we've crossed the threshold of 40 and into 50. And that's a scary thing because I don't, I don't think of myself that way. I think in a lot of ways, I still consider myself a teenager who does not know what he's doing in life. Mm -hmm. And that death really shook, I think it shook me and I think it shook a lot of people into thinking that we're not so young anymore. Yeah, my, Coach, my wife, I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that Drew brought that one up because you remember on our podcast about a year ago, we were just yes. getting started. Yep. We, we talked about Luke Perry. It's like, oh my God, yeah. We, here, here's a guy who died of a stroke. Now, th this is the kind of thing that you have to start worrying about when you get into your 40s. And also right around that time, the news of Alex Trebek's pancreatic cancer yeah. was headline news too. Now he's not a Gen Xer, but he's a guy that we grew up with. You know, you talk about the pantheon of pop culture. Um, you can't talk about game shows without talking about Alex Trebek because he's actually one of the hosts of one of the only surviving, you know, major network game shows going Pat on. Jack. So yeah. And Pat Sajak, you know, probably one of the most underrated television performers uh, in, in, in the history of the, of the medium. 
So you know, when you we, hear we, about we, the, yeah. the, 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 the lack of mortality of somebody like an Alex Trebek, I mean, these, these are the things that hit close to home with our generation. You know, and what I really like what Drew had to say is that 52 is really not that old. I thought that was very nice to acknowledge the fact that 52 is just not that old. So I want to thank you for that comment. No, no, I, I think it's true. I think when you're a kid, you think, oh my gosh, when I was 10, I thought 30 was old. But as, as you get older, things are clearly put into a different perspective. And 50, 52 is not that old. Yeah, I got to agree with you. 52, right? Adam, 52 is not that old. I'm just letting do, you know that Drew's Do I expert. ever give you a hard time about your age, Randy? <laughs> I'm just letting you know that I didn't, I didn't pay Drew. I didn't throw him money. He is an expert. Well, I think you're going to have to now. Yeah, I'm an expert in chronology, and 52 yeah. is not that old. Yeah. Yes. Well, he'll, either write your, well, he'll either write your biography or he'll write your eulogy. So you know, either way, he's it. prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Drew, we'll, we'll talk about quarantine tonight in, in just a bit, and we actually want to air some audio of one of your performances, and, and it's great. It's something I look forward to just before I go to bed. I think it, it, it's, it's great stuff, and I uh, love how you bring your kids into the mix. But you've had a love of comedy for, for some time, and I know you've done stand-up. When did you get into it, and, and how did you get into it? So I got into stand-up in uh, probably about 1998. Um, about a year or so after I graduated college, I was kind of just floating through the ether, not knowing what I was doing with my life, like a lot of 22, 23-year-olds. And, you know, I, I was always uh, very quick and adept at making a joke to my friends, which is not hard. You know, everybody's comfortable making jokes with their friends. But I just had it in my head that I could make anybody laugh. Like, I just really felt this pull that I could do it. And about a year after graduating college, um, I did an open mic. I did okay, you know, as okay as you can do in that situation. And I realized like, you know, I had the wherewithal at that point in my life to realize if I'm going to do this, I should probably do this now. You know, I'm not, I didn't have a, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have kids. I had nothing going on really. This is the time to do it. So I actually got a job at a comedy club in New York city, working in the office during the day. And I got stage time at night. And um, so I was on many times a week and, um, you know, that's how you get better. You know, a lot of times I did awful. A lot of times I did terrible. But, you know, you, you, you get your footing and you learn, you know, what your persona can be, what works, what doesn't. And that led me into, uh, into writing. I got a writing job writing jokes for morning radio that I did for about 11 years. And um, writing is really where it was for me. The performing kind of led me into the writing, but I've always liked the performing aspect of it. So that's a, kind of the shorthand answer. Where'd you go to college? Rutgers University. Hey, yeah, very nice. Are you? And, and they're known for pushing out a few entertainers, if I, uh, if I know the reputation. Yeah, I know uh, Callista Flockhart uh, from Ally McBeal and uh, Kristen Davis from Sex and the City. Those are the two yep. that without and James Gandolfini. Yeah, of well, blessed memory. Yes. Absolutely. What was your major? I was a double major in journalism, mass media, and communication. And look at you! You're doing the work now. You're one of the very few. Yeah. Well, <laughs> He's doing what he went to school for. You went you know what you went to school for. Yeah, what a fool. What a fool. I should have been accountant with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, you. do you have um what I call like this a seminal bit or or your your Sergeant Peppers? Do you have the one bit that that you've done that always kills it? Uh, it even makes you laugh even though you wrote it? Um there's a bit I do now um that I really enjoy. It's about taking my kid uh to the supermarket. And while we're shopping, he says he has to go poopy. And just the chaos that follows when I take him into the stall and there's one stall in the bath in the bathroom 
and a guy comes in and knocks on the door because he has to go. And it's uh, what ultimately happens is my son will uh, tells me uh, while he's getting cleaned up and wiping and everything, he just looks at me and he goes, my penis is so much bigger than yours. <laughs> while the guy is standing right outside the stall. So I walk out the stall and I say to the guy, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, my son thinks he's a real funny guy. And my son walks out right after that and goes, I'm not his son. <laughs> so that's always a bit I've enjoyed yeah. uh, telling it. it, uh, it, it you know, there's, there's more to it. That's kind of the condensed version, but uh, it, it gets a laugh and I've enjoyed telling that. That's very funny. Now I, uh, I do a lot of driving uh, for my job as far as a speaker. And I often listen to the comedy stations. Mm. And they often, I forget what station we, I listen to, they often ask young comedians, young comedic writers, who was a person, who was a, who was a comedian that inspired you? That, you? that if you look back in your life, that you're like, ah, oh, he was the one that uh, kind of, uh, he was the one that gave me inspiration or made me laugh the most. Just curious. I would say there, there are probably three that come to mind. Mm -hmm. The first would be Jerry Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I was a teenager and into my early 20s when... Mm -hmm. uh, when Seinfeld was on and his standup, I thought was always very tight and very relatable. And I liked the minutia of it. Um, and then the, the two others, the one would be the late uh, Mitch Hedberg. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, and I had a chance to meet him a couple of times. What I liked about uh, Mitch is he, he would make jokes out of things that nobody was making jokes out of. Like he would make jokes about an elevator, like, like just things that I, I that would never occur to me. And I've always admired that. And, I just like the alternative offbeat sense of humor that he had. And then the third is a, a comedian who's in Los Angeles now. He was in New York when I was in New York uh, coming up, uh, a guy by the name of Orny Adams. Um, and Orny's a great stand-up. He's been doing this for probably about 30 years. And Orny has probably the best stage presence of anybody I've seen. And he's very boisterous and loud and he's very relatable but he's, he's, he, managed, he teeters the line between smug and incredulous but likable. And I've hmm. always liked that. And he has a very commanding presence and that's always appealed to me. And that's something that's always stayed with me over the years. Hmm. Has he done a special on any of the streaming networks? He was on Showtime about, he had a Showtime special about two years ago called More Than Loud, mm -hmm. which is very funny. Um, just, it's, it's, it's just very well done. It's about 70 minutes long and it's, it's just right on target. And I think he has two other specials. I think you can get on uh um, iTunes or something. Um, uh, I forget the names of them right off the top of my head, but I, I've listened to them both and they're, they're just very good. He's just a very good, very good, solid comic. But do you have any aspirations of doing your own uh, streamlining Netflix show? <laughs> I think, I, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that ship has sailed and I'm very comfortable with that. Um, I think if I was 25, you get a different answer. Yeah. But it's a couple of decades later. So uh, I'm, I mean, if they want to do it, if they want to call me up and do it, sure, I'll have that conversation. But I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, well no, it's funny. You, you mentioned 25. I'm sorry to cut you off, coach. But no, you're you're right. 25, if, if you watch um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, mm -hmm. I forgot who his guest was, but he said something like, if you're, if you're not, I don't know if you use the word big, but if you're not promotable by 24 years old, you're, you're never will be. And I don't know if that's still the case just with all the different ways that comedians can be discovered, but, but he seemed to speak pretty strongly about that. That's interesting. If that's true. I, I think back to like Ray Romano, I think was like 29 and living in his parents' basement or something like that. So um, if that's true, that's otherwise, uh, otherwise frustrating, I guess, because mm -hmm. Hey, life moves in cycles for a lot of people. Who you are at 25 is not who you are at 30 and at 35. And maybe you find your voice at 40, you know, and that's, uh, 
you know, that's disappointing if it's true, but you know, we live in a world of promotion and social media. So that could just be a sign of the times. Mm -hmm. One of our favorite comedians who comes for one of the most quoted movies we have of all time, Caddyshack, Rodney Dangerfield wasn't discovered until way past. That's right. I think it wasn't even like an aluminum siding salesman or something. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Very good point. That's a great point. So uh, Jim Carrey lived out of a car and, you know, other pieces. So I think the, the world of comedy has changed. So I'm just, I'm just going to plant a seed. So when you well, get I, that, when you get that special, you just get that little at the end. I want to just thank bad of the dad, you know, coach Randy Adam D for, <laughs> for thinking of that idea for us. Well, you get the front row seat. That's for sure. If that does happen. <laughs> yeah. But I think it does speak to the issue of you know, who you are change. You change who you are over the years. And just because you haven't found your voice at 25 shouldn't necessarily throw you on the garbage heap of, you know, uh, comedians who are past their prime. Well, well, thank you for that front row seat, Drew. You know, if you're ever at a Gallagher concert, that's really not the row that you want to be in. I don't they, even I've know been to a Gallagher show, and they give you the ponchos. They, <laughs> they give you the poncho, the first, like, five rows, right? Yes, yes, that's no. true. <laughs> no, but, but you make a, a huge point. Um, you know, when I think about, I guess she's a comedian, because she was on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, Miranda Sings, who is essentially this, uh, you know, warped-out character that uh, – that this young lady does. I forgot her, her real name. My, my daughter can come down and tell me who that is because she was a fan of hers for a while. And, and thanks to YouTube, you know, she became a, an international social media sensation because of this ridiculous character that you know, wasn't too bright, wore too much makeup, didn't wear shoes, but, but that was her shtick and she's right. getting a lot of mileage out of it. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a good transition, Adam. So you have a, it's, what's your, uh, your Facebook feed that you have here? Well, the show is called Quarantine Tonight. So here we go. Here's Drew Weissholz coming live from his living room or his closet or his bedroom. We'll have to see on Quarantine Tonight. It's Quarantine Tonight with Drew Weissholz. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Drew Weissholz. Say hello to my band leader, Ian, and my sidekick, Miles. Uh, hello, fellas. Welcome to the show. Uh, we are still in the uh, pandemic and the quarantine. Uh, some experts say this could go on for up to 18 months, which should be just long enough to teach your mom how to FaceTime. <laughs> True. It's true. We are all uh, quarantined. Uh, everybody's trapped in their house. Everybody's bored. Uh, people are so bored at home, in fact, that Jake from State Farm called me today to ask what I'm wearing. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Quarantine tonight. We got a great show. Stick around, everybody. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Applause, applause, applause. Quarantine tonight. Drew Weissholz. That is... Legit very, 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 very funny stuff. So, Drew, I got to ask you, you're cooped up inside your house. How are you getting your material for what, what's going on you know, at, at, um, you know, at this recording, which is uh, Sunday, April uh, 11th, if I got the date no, right. 12th, April 11th, 12th. 12th. That's okay. <laughs> See, I, I've been inside too long. I don't even know what, what day it is. So you're going on, on 20 episodes. How are you developing your material when you're not really going very far at all? Great, great question. Um, I have a lot of material stockpiled and a lot of times stuff just occurs to me. Um, so I have a file on a computer where I will just write stuff down as it hits me. A few weeks ago, I had just like a, a day or two where just stuff was coming to me 
left and right, just constantly. So I kind of built a stockpile of material that I, that I kept. Um, I have people who have actually contributed. They will text me or, or send me emails saying like, hey, is this funny? And I, I don't turn anything down because truthfully, this is a challenge. This is, this is very difficult to do this every, or Monday through Friday, every night. Um, so I will take any idea and maybe sometimes I can fix it or reword it or something like that. So there's a lot going on. Also, I try to keep track of, uh, in light of things that are, that are going on. Like, uh, when major league baseball was supposed to have its opening day, um, that was a good chance to have stuff ready to go in advance. So I had like, uh, I think I had some jokes about, um, you know, the Orioles were, were thrilled that the season was being, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good stick. Yeah, there's stick. a lot of good sports with like the Detroit Lions. You did something of you know, the XFL canceled its season, exactly, and, and isn't coming back. And and you said, well, the Detroit Lions, they, they realized well, you could actually do this, right? <laughs> like, cancel yeah, the season. Do that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sports is is a good one for me. I'm a sports fan, so a lot of that uh, comes easily to me. Very um, so I try to keep uh, stuff like that in line. Um, also, things like Tiger King. <laughs> like trending that, unexpected i didn't know you know i was about three days behind on tiger king oh, so colbert, colbert had him on his show this week oh i didn't is that true I, I, as far as From i can prison? tell it's true yeah From prison. Wow. i mean you, you never know with him because you're trying to figure is it really him but apparently he really had him on <laughs> but 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 it, that was a very good example of like this is something that a lot of people are experiencing right now together and it's a good distraction because it's, it's utterly preposterous, that, that whole documentary. But it made for very good fodder. Uh, people yeah. want to laugh at a guy named Joe Exotic and how he blames every single thing in his life on this one woman in Florida. Um, <laughs> so that became a really good topic for me to, to hash. Um, I've had instances where, you know, my, my wife and my kids, we take a walk every day just around our block just to, you know, get out. Um, I've had instances where I just have conversations with neighbors, you know, as we walk by their house where they say things to me and I'm like, Hey, that's pretty funny. And, and I will just jot that down. Like I had a, a line the other day that, that came from a neighbor where um, the joke was uh, welcome to quarantine tonight. Uh, we've been on so long. We're actually going to just change the title to quarantine forever. And <laughs> a simple line, but it, but it was funny and very relatable. People understand it. So I'm getting the material from every single source that I can possibly think of at this point. But, for you, but that's a good point, Drew. So, you know, at some point this will end. And have you thought about what happens to quarantine tonight when the quarantine ends? Are you going to do something like this after the uh, pandemic ends? That's a good question. What, what I think I want to do when it ends is I think I would want to have one final episode with all the jokes that I haven't done and just read them, <laughs> whether, they're, <clears throat> whether they're ready to go or not. Very and clever. Be like, well, here's the stuff I've had. I would like to qualify that by saying, if this goes on so long, I may not have extra material at that point. So we'll have to see. But that's the general idea I've come up with this, this Very point. Clever. Very clever. Very clever. Read whatever I have left. The scraps, if you will. Very good. And, and you're getting a good response from it. You know, people are, I know there's likes, but then there's also responses. And uh, have you got yeah. a pretty good response? Yeah, I have gotten some um, mostly positive comments. Um, sometimes I ride my bike around the neighborhood and this is as close to a celebrity as I've ever felt where I've had a handful of people who I do not know uh, say to me, Hey, we're looking forward to the show tonight. Like uh, that has happened, which, you know, that's nice for the ego, I suppose. And uh, I hope it gives them five minutes of relief at the end of the night. But I would also say I had, um, I've had one person in particular reach out to me to say that I need to tone it down. 
uh, and it, it was a very interesting experience because um, it's a, a person who I don't know very well, but I do know. And we had a very nice back and forth. It was not hostile or anything like that. And he said, you know, maybe tone it down a little bit. There are people who are, you know, obviously dying and, and struggling and the effect this is having on a lot of people. And that was an interesting experience that I had because it kind of gave me pause for a minute to realize and think that, you know, maybe I should take a second look at these jokes. Maybe am I pushing some buttons that are a little insensitive? And as, as, a, as a comedian, you know, I think the attitude is if you don't like it, don't watch it or don't listen to it. But I thought this guy actually had some good points because this is kind of an uncharted situation that we're in. And I, it gave me a moment to just reflect that when I looked at the material, is this something that crosses a line? And I try not to, because I try to keep it mostly on family and, oh my gosh, we're out of toilet paper and I'm so bored. But every once in a while, maybe I take it a little too far and don't think about it. So in a strange way, I appreciated the input that that person gave me. Oh, comedian with a heart. Wow, look what we have here. This is very nice. And yeah, compassion. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I'm, it's I'm authentic. No, but it's authentic because uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. A lot of us are scared. I have happened to, I think a lot of people turn into humor though, to allow for us to... To, to, to make the monotony, but the scary parts in life. Uh, I, I, think, humorous. I think you're right. And humor is a great coping and defense mechanism. Yeah. And it's one I've used for as long as I can remember. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just who I am. And I, very early on in this quarantine, I, I would constantly say these jokes to my wife. And I was just like, there, there are these aspects of what's going on that are so otherwise ridiculous. You know, the lines at Costco and trying to get our groceries delivered. You know, my wife is up to like 1.30 in the morning, like every night. Yeah, like, we just had that night last night. <laughs> yes, we, we did two nights ago. <laughs> right. And mm -hmm. so exactly, that's my point. You understand exactly <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Yes. It's like trying to get cheap airline tickets. You refresh, 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 but you have to be on at one in the morning in order to do it. Yeah, yeah. No. No. you have to be able to take a step back and realize we are in this together. Yeah. It's awful, it's terrible, but oh my gosh, there is some sort of humor about it that you have to take away and, and just be able to laugh at it to some degree. Oh, I appreciate what you're doing. I know that uh, real quick, so now we're going to get into some parent stuff. I noticed, yeah, was that a Shawshank Redemption picture? Oh my, oh, yeah, you're looking, yeah, that's a, a miniature Shawshank poster, uh, Shawshank Redemption poster. Yeah, that's right. Is that or, or as they say, on, they say on Passover, the Shawshank bone uh, redemption. Well, there, little, yeah. little, little Passover humor, it's that weird. Good, I like that, I like that. Yeah. And then you got a big map behind your head of the United yes. States. This is a map of, uh, I love maps. Yeah. I, I've always had a little interest in maps. And this is just a map of the United States of uh, um, pins of like where I've been. And oh, I where you've been. been. Okay. Yeah. Time. So, and, yeah. and then most importantly, I see, hey, it's, you're a Yankee fan, right? Very big Yankees fan. Yes. All right. So then right above that, uh, tell us what's above that. What's that, that say? So that up there is a, uh, a frame with about uh, four pictures of my older son <coughs> and myself on my first Father's Day when my oldest son uh, was about, um, he was probably about five, uh, four months old mm -hmm. at that point. So that was our first Father's Day. So we took uh, some pictures and we got them framed there. So dad. Yeah, dad, that's me. I officially became a dad. They can't take that away from me. Oh, very <laughs> cool. Most, yeah. you know. Most important job to us, but not the most important job in the world. Of course, that, that is mom. But uh, Drew, tell us uh, a little bit about Miles and Ian. I think you've done a great dad thing and that you've included them in your Quarantine Tonight broadcast. And by the way, happy birthday to Miles, right? He just had a birthday this week. All yes, right. Miles had a, a quarantine birthday. Uh, yeah. Happy birthday. 
Um, and did he have a quarantine cake too? Was it like my you wife know, a Purell, Purell shaped or? <laughs> that would have been really smart. That would have been really good. My wife uh, did bake him a cake. Uh, we still have about two slices and I will probably have it after we're done here because it's actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> and my wife, uh, props to my wife and to all the moms out there who are dealing with this quarantine right now because I mean, the load and shoulder there uh, or the burden that they're shouldering right now is just off the charts. Um, but Miles, but she's, also, she's also an entertainer too, right? She's a singer. I was going through your Facebook stream yeah. and she, she, she can sing that, that Adina. She's pretty good. Yeah, thank, well, you've done your homework, Adam. Kudos to yeah. you. You've really well, done this it. isn't just some schlocky podcast where, oh. you know, we can't get the audio working or something, you know, hypothetically. This Not is, at all. <laughs> this, is, this is the real deal on Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, you, we try Adam to do our homework true, here. Adam is the true talent. Uh, no, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a team effort. Well, I, I certainly appreciate the efforts of both of you. And, um, yeah, my, my wife is a, is a great singer, and she does a lot of community theater. Uh, she loves Broadway. And so she is she has a background in acting, and uh, – she just loves it. So um, uh, she's just done a really good job uh, keeping the kids entertained as well. And uh, Miles, my younger one, turned seven this week, and she did a great job getting uh, uh, friends to drive by to wish uh, Miles a happy birthday. Um, just just a really good job. Uh, she, she set up a tent in our living room to help my boys just feel like they're camping out. You know, you, you got you got to think outside the box in, in these situations. Like I'm sure everybody is. Uh, so she's done a really good job. And Miles had a had a. He actually said that this was his best birthday ever, which was oh, a, an wow. amazing. Yeah, great that's job. A, that's a testament to my wife, a hundred percent. And that was really nice to hear. Um, so he, in his world, he didn't really miss a beat, which was really important. Because uh, you feel bad for all these kids who have birthdays now. And, sure. Uh, you know, older kids were missing their proms and stuff like that. Just terrible situations to be in. But um, my, my mom, or my mom, my wife does just a, a really good job of taking care of the kids and right. leading the way here for us. And are Miles and Ian, are they, are they funny like dad or do they take more after mom on the, uh, on, on the singing side? Uh, Miles is a bit of a ham. I will say that. Um, Ian is my older son. He's nine. Uh, Ian's probably a little more introspective, I, I would say. Um, he can be very silly and very, he can be very dramatic at times. Um, so I, I don't know if he has the theatrical bone. He, he's more the athlete or more competitive. Miles is pretty athletic too, but Ian's very interested in playing baseball and, and soccer and, and winning games and what have you. Miles, uh, Miles likes to make people laugh and there's nothing better than a good fart joke for Miles. Nothing is better than a fart joke. So if Nothing better count, than a fart joke from anybody. I mean, if I could count the amount of times he said the word fart since we've been quarantined, I mean, it's, it's absurd. It's ridiculous how many times we've heard it. So that's who he is. <laughs> hard, hard to escape it in quarantine. Yes, very much yeah. so. When the quarantine is not happening, what do you like to do as a family? We're very big uh, sports people overall. Um, you know, the world of like uh, youth sports is so different from what I remember growing up, um, Ian is in travel soccer, travel baseball, house baseball. Miles is in travel baseball. He's in pre-travel soccer program. So it's funny, uh, we were talking, my wife and I, for the last few months, we were trying to get ready for what was going to be just an incredibly busy spring. And that completely has not happened. We, we were fully prepared to have to do sports with them seven days a week. We really thought that was going to happen. And um, 
it, it didn't, <laughs> you know, the quarantine completely shut us down a hundred percent, but we want to keep the kids busy and get them tired more than anything else. That's really our goal. And, you know, learn the values of teamwork through sports and, you know, losing and how to lose with grace and how to win with grace. I'm a very big believer in that. And, um, you know, that's kind of been postponed for the time being like a lot of other people. So, um, I find your life fascinating. I, I think uh, I do. I, I need marvel. to find more people to talk to then. Yeah, uh, that, that is true. I've been home for four weeks. Uh, and I'm a speaker by trade, so I'm going nuts. Um, but what we like to do uh, at this section um, is kind of ask for some direction from our guests. We've had, I don't know, what episode is this? 40-something. We're, we're nearing 49. 50. We're going to hit uh, the big 5-0 next week. So uh, remember, 52 is not old. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I've heard that. Mm -hmm. uh, but twice. what I like uh, is we have this part called Dad Vice, where we yeah. asked our dads to come on and offer some dad vice. And we opened the board. It could really be anything specific, wherever you want to go. But we have a lot of dads out there that listen. Uh, actually, we have uh, moms uh, out there, a lot of different people. So what kind of dad advice would you give our listeners, given your expertise and background and your experience? I think it's important as, as a dad and as a parent to not forget who you are. Um, you know, we, we all had lives before we were married, before we had kids, we had interests. And obviously, as, as you become a parent, you, your kids become your interests and they become their, your lives. Um, but I think it's important to try to hold on to who you were, and, uh, you know, whatever those interests may be, like whether it's comedy or uh, you know, playing softball on a Sunday morning. I think that's really important uh, to not lose your, your identity as, as, a, as a total person. Um, and I think that's helped me in a lot of ways. And it's good to sometimes just step back and realize, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a person on my own as well, aside from who I am as a parent and as a husband. And um, That's why, like, you know, whether you go for a run, like I, I try to run, you know, a couple times a week just to clear your head and, and get that moment to yourself and get that little bit of clarity. So I find that that's a good thing to try to remember. Excellent. Great dad advice. Was that Great good, dad advice. Was that good I think dad that's advice? the first time we've heard that kind of yes, dad advice. Do something for yourself and remember who you are. You know, you can still really be a dad, is. but still be the same, the same guy you were in your early 20s, uh, yeah. striving for those passions. It, it's, it, it's funny you said that. So you, you had asked me something before about like, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm veering off a little bit here. but Veer away, veer you're, away. You're good. You made me think of something. So I wrote a story, um, on, it ran on Valentine's Day, um, that really made me start thinking about this. Um, when I, in 2001, I broke up with a, uh, with a girlfriend. It was a very serious relationship. And um, it, was a, it was an otherwise good relationship. And she ended it and she said, uh, I, I, you know, I wanna see the world, you know, blah, 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 things like that. And I don't have time for a boyfriend. And about six months later, she got engaged. <laughs> and. It was, it was bad, like it was, because I really thought I was gonna marry her. So what I wrote this story was, we, we didn't, we had like one conversation after the breakup, but we never like cleared the air. We never had that like the talk or anything like that. So I called her up and I interviewed her for a story about our breakup. And it really made me step back and realize like to revisit who I was in my early twenties and try to remember that, oh my gosh, you know, at one point in time, I was a totally different person mm -hmm. and you know i had a lot of ill will toward her for a very long time but it's interesting yeah yeah it's interesting to look back 20 years later we're both in our 40s and she has three kids and i have two kids and you eventually move on but the the interesting thing as i was doing the story was that like 
it occurred to me to not forget who you are and where you came from and that you have experiences that help shape who you are. So I don't know if that makes any sense, if that's worth any validity or anything. As but it was a life coach. To me. Come on, as a life coach, you can't Dad Vice Plus. Dad Vice uh, Plus, yeah. coach. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks for bringing it home. You yeah. cannot say it any better. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Drew. That was very – touched me right here. Seriously, yeah. thank you. Pray for veering again, but uh, yeah. it, the thought had crossed my mind. So No, it's good, a good veer. It was a good veer. We yeah, go man. off the off-ramp, but sometimes we find those, those little treasures on the off-ramp. Very special. Our guest today has been Drew Weisholtz. Drew is the host of, again, the funniest five minutes on Facebook. It's quarantine tonight. Drew, you're, it, we just find it on your Facebook page, right? It's Drew, W-E-I-S-H-O-L-T-Z, right? Yes, it's uh, there. And also um, the, the videos are, I put them on YouTube as well that night. You can just uh, uh, search quarantine tonight or my name. I have a YouTube channel. Um, you should find it there and enjoy to your heart's content. And your Today Show material, where can we find that? We simply type in todayshow.com or is there a special uh, link for that? Just today.com. And I write multiple stories a day, uh, mostly about pop culture, but other you know, health issues and things like that that affect our everyday uh, existence, which is uh, very much feeling like it's in jeopardy these days, unfortunately. <laughs> well, thanks for clearing out what I know is an extremely busy schedule in quarantine uh, to be with us on Bad to the Dead. Yeah, guys, I got to get up after this. I got to get out of a chair. Let's, let's, let's take a look at my day. <laughs> well, don't strain yourself. Well, I, I want to thank you guys for having me on. It was a real pleasure, and I really appreciate it, and I love what you guys are doing. So this has Thanks, been a real Thank you. Thanks. A lot of fun, and, and best of luck with everything. Thank you, and you guys stay well, and best to you and your families as well. We are Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Again, social media is where you can find us when you're not listening to us. At Bad to the Dad is pretty much the handle for every one of our social media platforms. Instagram is our favorite, but we are on Facebook, and that is forward slash Bad to the Dad. And uh, we have a website. Seems a little old school, but you got to have a website. And you can find us in cyberspace at www.badtothedad.com. Com. I want to thank Drew Weissels from Today.com, stand-up comedian, and of course the host of the makeshift stand-up comedy show, Quarantine Tonight. You can find that on his Facebook channel or on YouTube. Again, his, his name is spelled Drew, D-R-E-W. Last name is W-E-I-S-H-O-L-T-Z. Drew Weissels, Quarantine Tonight. Uh, what, a, what a great episode. And again, I know I say this every week, but every week you do. You, you bring someone out who's an amazing dad, talent, that uh, just brings light into the world that we do here on Bad to the Dad. Really it's all about the network. network. It's all about the network. You know, Coach, uh, I'm not good at a lot of things, but when it comes to finding people, I think we do all right in that category. And it, and it makes the show a lot more vibrant and uh, thankful for those friends and people that want to be on, taking a, taking a chance on this little upstart podcast we call Bad to the Dad. Now, there's uh, one thing I've learned about you, and it's the value of a, a network. It's not just you're a network, you're a connector. You're a connector, and you're connected to some really talented people. And Drew, uh, what an amazing story. I, I really, I, I, funny, there's no doubt mm -hmm. about the funny. Uh, I'm glad we're able to uh, air one of his bits. Uh, it's one of the more popular bits for our, for our listeners to get to, and hopefully people will get to listen to it. Uh, but it's people like him that really makes uh, 
us sitting here at home trying to find some kind of element of lightness and humor in what we do. So good work this week, Adam D. Good work. Well, thank you. And as much as I would like to praise myself for the next couple of minutes, one thing I would recommend is that check out the New York Times Magazine. You know, speaking of the funny, yes. there is a great expose on one of my musical heroes, Weird Al Yankovic. Now, you might say, Adam, when it comes to musical heroes, you could do a lot better than that. But think about this. This is what, this is what the article sheds light on. Weird Al Yankovic, okay? Now, this guy is known as the parody king, right? There's a popular tune out there. He will do a parody of it and probably make uh, you know, uh, uh, some good coin off of that. So Weird Al is still around, and many of the performers he's parodied are not. <laughs> and the article goes the distance in saying he has spanned seven presidential administrations. He has outlasted two popes five Supreme Court justices, and get this, he is the only performing artist to have a top 40 hit in each of the last four decades. <laughs> Not easy to do, right? Because we're big on one-hit wonders now. Yes, each yes. of the last four decades, he's had a top 40 hit, and I have no doubt that in the 2020 decade, he will probably have a top 40 hit as well. That would be a great guest to have on Bad oh, to the Dad. I will see if I can work my magic because he is a dad as well. That. I remember on Sunday nights, they used to have this show on the radio. Uh, it was all about spoofs. I can't remember. Was it Dr. Demento? Song. Dr. Demento, yes. Yeah. That's where he got his start. That's where he got his start. Mm-hmm. And Weird Al Yankovic. And uh, uh, he did. He always did the spoofs. And he was always number one. There was a whole big theme. It's time for number one. Who uh-huh. it? Here it comes, number one. And here's this week's number one. Weird Al Yankovic doing whatever it was. Yeah. I love Rocky road. I think yeah. this is, <laughs> I love Rocky road tune that put him on the map. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got so many, and now with, you know, with the video and YouTube, um, uh, I, I would highly encourage you, but, you know, but that also feeds into my, my, my bit here in terms of the value of arts and humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the longest time, you know, our country, and I don't blame it. We're concerned over something called, you know, STEM and in our schools, we focus on STEM and, Everything else kind of takes a backseat. It's science, technology, engineering, and music, and uh, and math, and that has been such a focus. And my dad was an educator, and as he continued on, arts became less and less. Uh, and uh, what I want to just throw out real now is what I've noticed this past week is we have to be start talking about STEAM, uh, and I've been saying it for a long time. We have to add that A back into our kids' learning uh, about athletics and arts. Uh, we have, there's no doubt what athletics brings to our country as a whole. Uh, we have a huge gap missing in terms of how it brings people together to, to, to come together, whether you play it or whether you watch it, athletics are important. And I'm sorry, the arts, uh, there is no doubt that people who are artfully inclined, whether you're comedian or humor, we can see how uh, the, the, the talk shows, we can see these musicians, the country music uh uh, Academy put together this whole big thing, people singing from home. If we haven't realized the true value of what what athletics and arts brings to us, I just going to give that shout out because I think it needs to come back to steam. I'm just no, saying. You're right. Very, very important. Um, you know, one of the things that Aiden, my son and I are doing is we're taking art lessons from uh, the Marvel Instagram account uh-huh. and going on YouTube uh-huh. and taking drawing lessons, right? Yeah. With a, with a Sharpie. And uh, we're attempting to draw all of the Marvel characters and, and all their wonderful detail. And this is not frivolous stuff. I mean, this really activates a part of the brain that absolutely taps into ingenuity, creativity. You know, the best ideas come from this part of the brain. But you, uh, li- like a muscle in the gym, 
mm-hmm. you have to work this muscle as well, or it, it atrophies. So um, this isn't just about having fun, having a good time, spending your money on entertainment. You know, this is this is subject matter that is 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 so important to our kids' development. And you know what really breaks my heart is there are some school districts, and we're very lucky to be in school districts in yeah. northern New Jersey where the budget yeah. passes every year. Yeah. There's a lot of investment in music. There's a lot of investment in art. The theater programs are second to none. Mm-hmm. But there are school systems around the country that can't afford to have these programs. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, that's uh, what keep, makes the, our, keep, our keep the music going, right? Oh, what is cool. it? Uh, don't stop. What, what's the foundation? It's not It's not don't stop the music. Um we can go with that yeah. one. We can create our own foundation. Yeah. We could don't do Stop Believing by, uh, by our favorite band, uh, Journey. Yeah. Well, that's your karaoke go-to. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, uh, and that's what I love about our Bad to the Dad podcast, um, is that this taps into our right side. It's uh, it's our form of art mm-hmm. uh, and entertainment. And as always, Adam D., you are the man to be. I appreciate all they do. We have a, a guest for next week, correct? Yeah. So you were talking about sports, the importance of, of sports and, and mm-hmm. staying active. So we've got Johnny Guerrero next mm-hmm. week. Johnny Guerrero is a fascinating guy. First of all, he's a military veteran. So I'm sure he's got some mm-hmm. great stories from his military experience. But he's also the owner of the Guerrero Martial Arts Center, uh, which is a jujitsu center, uh, which is uh, it's present here locally, but I think we could learn a lot about him and, um, you know, what it's like running a, a martial arts business when people aren't coming into the dojo um, yeah. and how he has been providing training to folks uh, electronically. But he is also the father of a wrestling champion who happens to be a girl, Ooh, Sandy fantastic. Guerrero. This is a remarkable young lady. Mm-hmm. She was a, a local wrestling champion. So again, here's one of those sports that was typically dominated by men. Mm-hmm. And here is a, a female who has uh, conquered it in her own right. So kind of flipping the script a little bit, I right? I like that. Good for you. Another. I look forward to another great guest, Adam D. You're the, uh, I'm proud to be your partner in this crime. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So Johnny Guerrero on, on Bad to the Dead. Crime is probably the, the operative word. Uh, the other way, uh, we ha- haven't had any uh, litigation pending, so, so that's good. So uh, we look forward to Johnny next week. Dads, stay safe, stay healthy, stay away, and have a great week.